1: took it in
2: the guts, Barry.
0: All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and tickets? you go through
2: that doorway to the greatest of the animals.
0: Hi, everyone. Annie here for Showreel, looking at things happening in the Australian moving image world. Today, we are catching up with Anna Borizukas from the Setting Sun Film Festival. New dates this year, plus the end of March uh, deadline for entries. We follow up with a chat with Bonnie Scott, producer of the short doc Why Did She Have to Tell the World, showing this Saturday, March the 13th, and the following Friday at NOVA as part of the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, and also on TV on Sunday, March the 14th, on ABC's Compass program.
1: Well, wow, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today
0: You're with Annie on Showreel on 3CR, the station that puts community in the centre of radio. The Setting Sun Film Festival, coming out of western suburbs of Melbourne eight years ago, survived COVID and is on again this year, calling for entries up to March 31st. I spoke with Anna Barizoukas, Festival director about the festival. It's been a big, big, tough year uh, with COVID for Setting Sun and all other film festivals, but it's all back on now that 2021 is in gear. Yes, so we um,
3: we finally managed to screen the um, 2020 festival um, early February. So that was really good. So we did an online version, and then we kind of were, and I think a couple of hours later we went into the third lockdown. So we just made. It.
0: <laughs> yeah it 's all been very tough and and one of the reasons why I'm talking to you now is because uh you' the deadline's coming up for two thousand and twenty one isn't it that's right yeah um so it 's coming up at the
3: end of march and um so we 're just calling interest now so it 's only a few weeks to go so we normally do the festival in May, but because of um because we put the um, the postponing festival on, we we just went in a few
0: weeks later. We just postponed it to a few weeks. So tell tell our listeners what you're looking for. What what's uh, there's lots of categories, aren't there?
3: Um, we're just looking for really good films, basically. We're accepting short films this year up to uh, forty minutes, um, but. And, you know, of course, we're looking for a a Victorian-made feature that hasn't been screened in Melbourne before to show. But essentially, um, we're just looking for a good story, a good film, any genre, you know, a a narrative, a drama, a documentary, an animation, whatever. Um, I think last year we got a lot of films from all around the world. So, you know, we love to be able to show, um, you know, a really wide selection of films from all over the world um, and we hope to do so again this festival
0: So uh, Setting Sun of course is uh, uh, originated in the western suburbs of Melbourne and um, it began as a kind of a, uh, a showcase of stuff that's going on over there it, it, and it's still got that continues to have that strain doesn't it? Well it's
3: it's it's more we think it's more of an, uh, an open festival now where it's sort of like we you know we're Um, We're sort of based in the West, but we pretty much show films from everywhere. As as time went on, we found that the amount of films that came from outside the Western suburbs area just grew and grew and grew. And it's actually, you know, maybe three quarters of the films now are are from outside the area. So, um, well, we used to have like a section that sort of, you know, that sort of actively promoted films. a greater range of um, films made from in the Western suburbs, but we just found over time there wasn't any any need. So we just we have one category now that recognises a great film or a great filmmaker in the area. But um, yeah, with the amount of films that came in, it, um, you know, it was just it wasn't fair anymore to have so many categories just recognising because um, just recognising filmmakers from the west because the bulk of the films came from outside the area.
0: So so this is the eighth year. Can you give uh, listeners an idea of the learning curve for you? Because you've been the festival director for the eight years and, in fact, you were the person, part part of the team that began it. So it's a a really exciting thing to do, really. What have you learned? Um, Oh, geez.
3: Well, I've learned you've got to adapt as you go. Like, you know, um, things change along the way and you've got to be able to, look, there are new sort of, developments and, you know, whether it's COVID or whether it's, I think, the Screen Australia, Gender Matters um, investigation that came out in 2015, um, which, you know, we started the first female filmmakers program ever screened in Australia on the basis of that program. So it's always about evolving and growing. I think that's what I've learned about being open to, Um, what's going on. So this last year, we put a festival on. We did a virtual festival, which we've never done, which, you know, pretty much everyone had to do last year. Anyone who kind of had a festival screening after March um, in Australia, especially in Melbourne. And like a lot of festivals, we're going to put on a percentage of our films online this year as well, um, because there's a real market for it. You know, I think we reached 92 countries last year. Um, by going online so yeah,
0: it's interesting isn't it because it uh uh people love a, a good f- film festival because especially for filmmakers it's a real networking uh, affair it's also there's something really visceral about yeah. having an audience to your film and getting reactions yeah. but there is some strength in online so it's
3: really great to be able to do um to to have to have, uh, unless we're going to a forced lockdown, it will be great to have the opportunity to do both at the same time. So where you can provide a physical event where filmmakers come and network and see films, their films on the screen, and you know have a drink afterwards. And then there's also it's also great to have an opportunity to be able to showcase um, to a, a wider audience, you know, and what, showcase those filmmakers to a wider audience and people who would, you know, maybe not who don't you know, ordinarily get to see their films outside their own city, so I mean that was a really great thing that um we could do last year by going online is we gave um filmmakers in other countries the opportunity to see their film in the festival you know so um you know that was really that was really good to you know exciting to do that for them you know a lot of them really enjoyed that and to be able to sort of cause it was free we did a free online event, so um you know anyone could watch.
0: That's really exciting to get to 92 countries. You must have been blown away.
3: It was, yeah, I was really surprised. And it was literally, um, so we were the first of the festivals that had to go online. So I think we all went into lockdown mid-March. It was literally five weeks before the festival and we were the first one in, you know, from after we, you know, Scott Morrison and, um, you know, announced the sort of the national lockdown and so there was no publicity at all um you know no no chance of any publicity at all because you know all media was covering was covid um which was you know back then it was just like a sh- you know quite a shocking thing that was happening around the world and and um was you know very strange everybody working from home and everything being shut down so that was all kind of just social media that we managed to get um reach that many people um just you know i think just people just sharing it on their facebook page i think i ran an ad um but there was absolutely nothing nothing in the media at all to promote it um it just goes to show how much you can do without media as well you know how how you can you know <laughs> i wouldn't tell them that but you know it's it's you know it's quite quite possible to reach a really large amount of people without any
0: support from the media. So you've got a hybrid festival going on this year. So that's really interesting, that thing that's yeah, come yeah. out of uh, COVID.
3: I think all the festivals are doing that. I think we're all a bit nervous about, um, you know, doing a, a, a full physical festival. Like, I, I don't think I could go back. I don't think, I you know, I could do that again you know like have to postpone and then try and put it on again and then postpone the fine you know yeah I think I'd just rather get it out of the way and just you know hedge my bets about what's the best way to just put it on this one
0: yeah have a fallback position we should finish up and re-emphasize the fact that uh, if people have got films that they want to uh, put into setting sun, then they need to get it in by the 31st of March and they can find out all the formats and where to send it and all the rest of it on the website right
3: Yep, that's right. So we accept films um, all ages. Our use categories extended, um, and you know, you know all genres. Um, you know, we we show a lot of subtitled films, a lot of culturally diverse films. Um, we show films made um, by internationally award-winning filmmakers, and we show films made by people with disabilities. Um, you know, we, we're really, I think, quite a diverse festival. And we, You know, we welcome everyone.
0: All right, so what's the website?
3: www.settingsun.com.au Hi,
0: I'm
4: Judith Ehrlich. I'm the director of the film, The Voice Who Said No, Draft Resistance in the Vietnam War. I'm really pleased to be here on 3CR. I'm an old listener-sponsored radio producer myself and worked at the first listener-sponsored station in the world, KCFA, Berkeley part of the Pacifica Network. So, good work. Keep it up. Thanks. People didn't think lesbians existed. I didn't know any lesbians. Well, I didn't know anything about homosexuality or lesbianism. Gay women were invisible.
2: Good evening. I'm Bill Peach and the program is This Day Tonight
3: find it hard to understand the kind of love that Phyllis and Francesca feel for each other.
4: I went into a relationship with another woman. With another woman. I wanted to get up and I wanted to tell the world and I wanted the world to accept it. My mother, she sat down, she started crying and said, oh God, where have I gone wrong? Dad said, did she have to tell the world? We couldn't get people to accept us. But this day tonight was absolutely major, creating a force. This organisation suddenly just
2: blew. We
4: exchanged gold wedding rings in July 1970, and yes, it will be our 50th anniversary in July 2020.
2: Perfectionist. We will
1: hold a postal vote on the issue of whether the law should be changed to enable same sex couples to marry.
4: How many times do we need to keep on coming out before we are accepted as equals in the society we live in?
2: For the national result, yes responses 7,817,000, representing
4: 61.6%. The future. It's not really about us, it belongs to the young people, and we leave it to them to carry
0: on. You with Annie on Showreel. The MQFF started today with a range of features and shorts, including the film Why Did She Have to Tell the World, a film that celebrates the mighty women who began the first gay political group in Australia, standing up for their right to be accepted for who they are. I spoke to the producer of the film, Bonnie Scott. Um, So Why Did She Have to Tell the World? What a great title and uh, what a great film. Tell us about how it began. Well.
1: It all started back in 2019. Um, the, my co creative and director of the film, Abby Popjoy, uh, made a graduate film uh, highlighting um, these women and the movement that they started called Daughters of Believers. And um, from that, the women found out about it. Um, And got in touch with Abby and Abby sort of came to me we were have been great friends for a long time and have huge interest in um, the women's liberation movement and specifically the um, lesbian movement within that and she said would you like to make this documentary about these women's lives with me Um, and I said absolutely and so it all started at the beginning of 2019, and um, we haven't looked back since. We've become great friends.
0: Yeah, you're talking about Francesca Curtis and Phyllis Papps, and one of the things that they said, a real quotable quote, is they're coming out for the last time. Uh, And it was was a film that you shot during the um, gay marriage rights.
1: The plebiscite. Yeah, yeah, the
0: plebiscite, the... um it was. It feels
1: like a while ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about. Tell us about um, how Francesca and um, Phyllis became uh, so notable. Yes. Well, these
1: two amazing women, Phyllis and Francesca, uh, came out on um, national Australian television in 1970 on this day tonight with Bill Peach and. It was a groundbreaking interview because at the time, um, homosexuality in Australia was still illegal for men and women, it was completely overlooked and, and didn't exist. Um, and so this was primetime television um, at 7 p.m. Um, so lots of families watching and the two of them uh, went on national television to talk about um, homosexuality, them as a couple, and um, the fact that there were gay people living in Australia, which wasn't recognised at all in mainstream media. And it got a lot of backlash. Um, The women lost their jobs, um, lost most of their family, um, and it was a very hard time for them. But from that started the... ALM movement which is the uh, Australasian lesbian movement and basically helped um, Thousands and thousands of women um, and I'm sure men at the time uh, to help them come out of the closet and Connect with a community that they didn't even know existed. So it's been a very hard life and long journey for them both Um, uh, But they're finally decided to come out and tell their story one last time through this documentary, and we're so incredibly grateful that they've uh, allowed us to, to document their story.
0: It is pretty extraordinary, isn't it, that um, how history has to be told and telling it in a film is absolutely imperative in this day and age. Uh, I mean, this is 50 years ago uh and they started the first gay political action group in Australia. That's correct. The uh, uh, hidden um, parallel uh, universes of people within a society are basically clear in this film. Uh, and it, and uh, Phyllis says uh, something about... Um, uh, ..it's all about acceptance... Uh, they're incredibly brave people, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, they, I
1: mean, they knew uh, the risks of going on on television and telling their story. Um, but for both of them, you know, Francesca and Phyllis, they just thought, uh, this is who we are. There's no point hiding it. And we have to tell our story and we have to tell the world that we exist and that we are humans and we are people just like everyone else and that we should be accepted. And it's been, yeah, I I think there's a quote in the film saying a lifelong struggle to be accepted. And I think that, yeah, it's so important for younger generations of gay women like myself to learn about these stories. And because if we, you know, Uh, all took a minute um, to talk to the older generation about their coming out stories and they were more, you know, accessible to people like myself than our experiences of coming out um, wouldn't be so frightening um, and it would be more more normalised. But, yes, that's why I think as a young person it's been very important to tell this, this story of Acceptance. For for all generations,
0: yeah. There's a really interesting thing in it where uh, one of them talks about you guys being their alter ego. Uh, I think it was Francesca who said it. Uh, it, it really is a uh, a film about uh, a compatriots uh, building history and showing it and uh, seizing it uh, for the general public.
1: I think we have. To become first and foremost fantastic friends. Um, we went down on the, this past Saturday, Mardi Gras, um, to have a lunch with Francesca for her 90th birthday and it, you know, while it started off, make, you know, sort of telling these, this story, but we've become so much more than just um, filmmakers and subjects. You know, we've become friends and realize that while there is this huge gap um, between our ages and lives and what was experienced um, that we have so much in common and um, yeah it's it's quite amazing at how the so much has changed between when they first came out and when you know myself and Abby came out but how much more work we have to do and I think it's very inspiring to spend these years, um, especially towards the end of their lives, um, with them and learning from them um, because they're fantastic role models to both of us.
0: You're the producer of the film. How did you get the funds? It's a very tight and tidy film, I have to say. It's very watchable and easy to access. Um, How did you get the money to make it? Oh, thank
1: you so much. Um, that's fantastic to hear. Uh, we it started, um, we got our first grant from a, a business called Signal who are um, associated with uh, Melbourne City Creative Arts. Uh, and so we have them to thank for giving us our first leg up into the world of funding And then from there, we were lucky enough to receive funding from Film Victoria, Screen Australia. We had um, amazing crowdfunding support from the community and some philanthropic um, donations from supporters of the arts like the Weir
0: Anderson Foundation,
1: who were incredibly generous in supporting this film.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, and, and it's going to be shown on Saturday, uh, part of uh, the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Do you have the details for that?
1: Absolutely. So for anyone in Melbourne um, this coming Saturday or alternatively next Friday on the 19th of March, uh, you can buy tickets to see it at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival um, at Nova Cinema. And uh, you have to forgive me, I can't quite remember the times. I think they're 2.30 this Saturday and 6.30 next Friday. Oh, that's good. Both times. But if you're not in Melbourne, um, you'll be able to see it um, live on ABC Compass um, on the 14th of March, which is the Sunday.
0: Perfect. Thanks very much for talking to me. No
1: worries. Thank you so much, Annie.
0: That's it for Showreel this week. Tune in for more film news on my sister film program on 3CR on screen. It's on Saturdays at 11am and this week it's about the Grizzlies. Until next week, keep safe.
2: And this place gets kind of empty. Sound of their breath fades with the light. I think about the loveless fascination under the Milky Way tonight. Down in this Lower the curtain down All right I got no time For private Consultation Under the Milky Way Tonight Wish I knew